Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. We thank you for joining us on this episode as we continue our series on a biblical response to heresy, a biblical response to heresy. When we accept Christ, um, many of us have an unrealistic expectation of what God expects of us. Some of us come because we're going through some things and the storms um, have cast a heavy shade on our lives and we see no other option but to rely on Jesus. Some of us come because we heard the gospel message and it, it touched our hearts and invigorated us and the scales fell from our eyes. Some of us follow Christ because of religiosity. It is something that our family have always participated in. Um, we are the CME Christians, meaning that um, we show up on church mainly on Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter. And whatever our reasons were for following Christ, ultimately, we hope that you come to the saving knowledge of who Jesus authentically is versus who we assume he may be. Let me explain. Christ has revealed himself through the scriptures. And our understanding of Jesus Christ that we bring into this relationship may be accurate or may not be accurate. The only way we know if our views of Jesus Christ is accurate if we look at the scriptures through a hermeneutical lens, meaning that we are able to see who Jesus really is versus who we've heard he was or who we assume him to be. And knowing the authentic Christ is a matter of life or death. It's a matter of life of, or death. If we view Jesus as this cosmic bellhopper who grants us our wishes, irregardless of whether those wishes are pure or evil. There are some people who treat Jesus like he's a genie. Lord, I want you to give me this car. Lord, I want you to give me this spouse. Lord, I want you to give me this house. Lord, I want you to heal me where I have no infirmities. Lord, I want you to make me rich. Lord, I want you to move me into this neighborhood. Lord, I want you to open these doors. And after he's grant those wishes to us, we go back and do the same thing that we've been doing before. That is not an authentic view of Jesus. I don't need a God who allows me to do whatever I want to do, think whatever I want to think, and deal with people however I want to deal with them. What kind of God is that where I, I approach him, tell him what I want, 
and he grants me what I want so I can go on my merry way. That's not a realistic view of God. That's not even good theology. But yet there are those who approach God in this matter. And their views are established and are rooted in heresy. Bad teachings. Teachings that contradict the sound uh, doctrine of God. And in the Greek, that word sound is hugeis. And that means healthy, the healthy teaching of God's word. So when we talk about sound doctrine, we're talking about the healthy teaching of God's word. It'll make you healthy. It won't make you sick. It'll make you healthy. We talked about in the previous episode how different cults are established in unhealthy doctrine. We talked about the Heaven's Gate cult where their redemption was built on a, a spaceship coming to rapture them up. We talked about David Koresh and the Branch Davidians, the late David Koresh, who brought calamity among his people because he held people hostage. But moreover, he believed he was Jesus Christ. We talked about Jim Jones and his movement in Guyana, how he started off sounding like he was teaching the healthy doctrine of God's words. But yet, as he became uh, more vocal as he became more bold, his interpretation of scriptures started to move away from orthodoxy to the point where he started teaching that he was Christ. And when he got big on himself, it started affecting other people. And that's why this episode is so important. Because bad teachings doesn't stop with one individual. Bad teachings is like a cold. It's like a, a, a contagious disease. It's like COVID. It, it, it doesn't remain with one person. It spreads. And eventually, it grows. And it metastasizes um, into the, the household of faith to the point where bad teaching is promoted over healthy teaching. So we shouldn't want bad teachings in our lives, nor do we want them in our churches. Bad teachings cripple people. Bad teachings takes us further away from who Christ authentically is. Bad teachings come at us in a subtle way, not always overtly. Bad teachings can present itself in a, in a, 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 a crowd of fellowship. Um, bad teachings subtly Uh, breaks down our common sense, and we eventually find ourselves practicing things that we shouldn't practice. It it reminds me of uh, those uh, Appalachian uh, churches, not all of them, but I'm talking about those who uh, misconstrue uh, the scriptures into thinking that part of worship service is the handling of snakes and, and uh, being able to be bitten by a snake but yet still live uh, because they've taken uh, Scripture out of context. And that's what happens when we stray away from hermeneutics. We start creating our own doctrine. We start creating our own teaching, and eventually someone will get hurt. So let's look at um, what the Bible tells us about false doctrines. We are introduced in the New Testament to a group of religious uh, believers or converts who are called the Judaizers. 
and the Judaizers were those who wanted Christians who have accepted Christ to still hold on to the core essentials of the law. They wanted Christians to be circumcised. They wanted Christians to be um, to be followers of the Mosaic law. They wanted Christians to eat certain types of food. They wanted Christians to uh, remain in a specific place to pray. So they wanted to put on the yoke that was still under the law, and they wanted to put it on new converts. And Paul, uh, many times in the New Testament, addressed this heretical doctrine. In Galatians 2 and 14, uh, we see this. He, he talks about Peter and how Peter was at this point falling short of his apostleship and his ability to be a good mentor to the Gentiles. So Peter, according to Paul, was compelling Gentiles to practice the customs that uh, the Judaizers had embraced. Look at Galatians 2.14 when he says, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, which is Peter, as in the presence of them all, if you, being a Jew, live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, how is, how is that you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? So Paul is saying, why are you putting these um, unhealthy doctrines that Jesus has already condemned, why are you forcing the Gentiles to live under the, this yoke, under this standard, when even the Jews themselves couldn't keep up with all of the rules and rituals that they had come up with. So this is why Paul in Colossians was telling them, don't let anybody judge you in any moon day. Don't let anybody judge you in the Sabbath. Don't let anybody judge you in the type of food that you eat. Because God has created uh, the food for us, bless it, sanctify it, and move on. Yes, the Gentiles may not eat the same type of food that the Jews ate, but yet it's God that created it, uh, sanctify it, bless it, and move on. Yes, the Gentiles may not um, view the Sabbath the way that the Jews view the Sabbath and the way that they falsely interpreted the Sabbath, where they made Sabbath Lord over even Jesus. And, and, and Jesus, uh, Paul is saying, we have to get this right. We've been liberated. We've been liberated with parameters, but we've been liberated. The essentials, the principles of the law still remain, but some of the cultural normatives, they no longer have to practice. Again, the principles of the Ten Commandments are still essential for Christians to follow, but the cultural normatives that they created Many of these laws had nothing to do with God. It, it was created by man, their view of what work is. So uh, in this uh, paradigm, we must be careful that we're able to di distinguish what is healthy doctrine from bad doctrine. And in Acts 15, we see that they argued Gentiles could not be saved unless they were circumcised. This was the Judaizers. And we talked about that. Unless you circumcise, you're not truly a Christian. The Bible doesn't say that. Again, that's a heretical view. And we must resist against heresy. Then, as we continue uh, to look at Scripture, 
we learn that some men came down from Judea and began teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had a heated argument and debate with them, the brothers determined that Paul and Barnabas and some others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders concerning this issue. Therefore, after being sent on their way by the church, they were passing through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles. And they were bringing great joy to all the brothers and sisters. When they arrived in Jerusalem, they were received by the church the apostles and the elders, and they reported that all that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who had believed stood up saying, it is necessary to circumcise them and to direct them to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders came together to look into this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, brothers, you know that in the early days, God made a choice among you, that by mouth the Gentiles will hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, testified to them, given that the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us also, and he made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Since this is the case, why are you putting God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciple a yoke which neither our forefathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that we are saved through grace of the Lord Jesus in the same, in the same way as they were also. All the people kept silent, and they were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they were relating all the signs and wonders that God had done through them among the Gentiles. So again, this was at the Jerusalem Council, and they were debating what is the role of circumcision and salvation. Does a person uh, foreskin need to be uh, uh, dealt with before you can be saved? And Peter is saying, why are we putting the cultural stumbling blocks that we ourselves couldn't keep on new converts? He said, just like we were saved through faith and, and by hearing the word of God, God can also cleanse the hearts of men and women who accept him without the practice of these cultural normatives. Heresy may even sound good to our uh, cerebral processes, to our human understanding. It makes logical sense. But everything we believe have to be filtered by the word of God. It's not accept Christ plus works. It's not accept Christ plus the law. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not based on works. We're not saved uh, through getting baptized, as an example. We're not saved by getting circumcised physically. In, as a matter of fact, what Paul does do in the New Testament is give us an example of what true circumcision is. It's the circumcision of the heart. That's what true circumcision is. When we turn our, over, our lives over to Jesus Christ, it is metaphorically a circumcision of the heart. And so we must know what the authentic word of God is saying. We must not add anything to salvation. Salvation is through Christ alone. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. If you could do anything to save yourself, meaning the work to save yourself, then why do you need Jesus Christ? 
what Jesus did on the cross almost 2,000 plus years ago, uh, we still are experiencing the residual effect of that dunamis power. The atonement is still effective. It's still, uh, uh, the power is still accessible to everybody that believes in 2022. So we must press on. We must uh, um, stand on sound doctrine. We must not allow heresy to creep into our theology. Titus chapter 1, verses 10 through 11. Paul writes, for there are many rebellious people. They are empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision who must be silenced because they are upsetting the whole families, teaching things they should not teach for the sake of dishonest gain. So Paul is saying their intentions are not pure anyway. These Judaizers, they don't have good intention. They, they are troubling families. They are telling people that you need to be physically circumcised in order to be a legitimate Christian. And Paul is saying this is not true. They are rebellious people, meaning that they've, they've heard the truth, but they're rebelling against the truth. And unfortunately, even in our society, in our modern culture, in modern churches, you have many rebellious people. They hear the truth, but they rebel against it. They know the truth, but they rebel against it. They rather do what they want to do um, for whatever their purposes are. But for these people, Paul says they're empty talkers. They're, they are deceivers, especially those of the circumcision. Titus 1, verses 10 through 11. And then uh, in response to the Judaizers, we can even look at Romans 1, 16, where Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jews first and also to the Greek. So again, this is a response to the Judaizers who saying that uh, circumcision is the authentic proof or the criteria to be saved. And Paul is saying no. No, he, he's, he, he's saying that we, we are not ashamed of this gospel. What is the gospel? This, what, what does it do? It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So if you believe in the gospel message of Jesus Christ uh, through faith, then you're saved. You don't have to add anything else unto it. Uh, there's nothing you can do to add unto your belief and your acceptance of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So don't let people uh, spread this heretical message to you saying that, oh, you, ha- you, you, you have to believe in Jesus and this. You have to believe in Jesus by doing this. You got to speak a certain way. You, you have to uh, 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 verbalize a certain way. It's not just enough for you to uh, speak uh, or, or to know Jesus or accept him into your heart as Lord and Savior. You have to show some evidence. That's not scripture. The only evidence God wants to see out of you is how you live after you accept him. It's showing the fruit. We see that in the scripture. You are uh, supposed to show some fruit, uh, a fruit of righteousness, peace, uh, and and, and joy, and and all the other fruits. Uh, If you love Jesus, there's fruit that produces, not just lip service, but there has to be um, an outward expression of your inward conversion. Say that again. When you're saved, there has to be uh, 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 an outward expression of your inward conversion. So if you're saved, no one, uh, um, no one has to uh, uh, convince others that you're saved because people see it in your life. People see you changing. People see you uh, being less angry. People see you being 
uh, less contentions. People see you not gossiping as much when you're saved. When you're saved, you're able to say, I'm sorry, whereas before you didn't tell people you were sorry. So there's righteous changes that's evident because you know Jesus, because you follow Christ. And ultimately, God knows who belongs to him. It's not up to me. It's not up to anyone else to uh, be able to articulate, uh, articulate or say in 100% that this person is saved, um, especially if they've confessed Jesus Christ. Now, there will be those, based on God's word, there will be those who say that they're saved, but Jesus himself is going to uh, tell them, depart from me, I never knew you. So this is why all of us, must make sure that Jesus has a hand on us. We all have to make sure that our position is secure, that we know Jesus intimately for ourselves. Uh, Because you can fool me, and I can fool you, but no one can fool Jesus Christ. So we have to show some signs. But in order for us to grow, grow the way that Jesus wants us to grow, we have to do it by uh, digesting the right type of food. And that's healthy doctrine. That is a healthy dose of God's word, not heresy, but the healthy doctrine. Uh, What we put in us matters. So if you spend your time listening to heresy, uh, your worldview is going to be skewed and you'll find yourself uh, walking against God. Galatians chapter one, six through nine. We learn about uh, in this narrative we learn about another gospel. What is Paul talking about? When we use the term gospel, many of us assume we're talking about the same thing, but we're not. We're not talking about the same thing. Just because someone else is using the same terms that you may be using doesn't necessarily mean it carries the same weight. Doesn't necessarily mean that they are believing the same things you're believing. So for example, If you're talking to a Mormon and you're talking about Jesus Christ, they'll use the same terms as you use. Jesus Christ, they'll use the same terms as salvation. They'll use the same terms as God the Father. They'll use the same terms. But when you start digging deeper, you realize that some of these terms, uh, even though it's, it's spelled the same, even though it's worded the same, doesn't have the same meaning among their organization. So we must test the spirit by the spirit and make sure that we embrace God's word versus religiosity. Again, our time has come to a close and we'll continue this subject matter of heresy and how to deal with it on the next episode. As we get close to the 2022 boot camp, I can't encourage you enough. If you have um, a daughter, son, if you have grandchildren, great-grandchildren, Uh, If you are a guardian, we invite you to the 2022 Apologetics Boot Camp on April 30th. Uh, Please sign up, abcsac.org, www.abcsac.org. We would love to see you. Um, You'll gain tools, and you get the resources that you need in order to share with your neighbor and to stand strong for Christ in the 21st century. So we thank you for all your prayers. If you'd like to donate, please go up to srministries.org, and uh, you can do it there. We thank you all so much 
for your encouragement. And we thank God for you. And remember to do for the truth what others do for a lie. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.